This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Inflation continues to soar, and for many who are already struggling to make ends meet, some tough decisions are being made. Do you pay the heating bill, or do you stock the fridge? It's a decision that too many families have to make. In fact, one in 12 people in Illinois and one in nine children here face hunger. Many have had to turn to their local food pantry, but now even the pantries are feeling the strain. So we're checking in with some of those folks to find out how they're helping meet the need and what more can be done. Joining us now is Amy McReynolds, Chief Equity Officer of Feeding America, the country's largest nonprofit organization dedicated to combating hunger. Welcome to Reset, Amy. Thank you, Sasha Ann. Happy to be here. Also, we have Sophie Milam, Vice President of Policy, Advocacy and Engagement with the Greater Chicago Food Depository. Welcome to Reset, Sophie. Thank you. Amy, these numbers, right? One in 12 people in Illinois facing hunger, one in nine kids. Pretty big percentages there. Can you tell us what factors contribute to hunger? Yes, uh, a couple of different factors, you know, that come to mind. When I think about food insecurity, it's really an economic issue. So ensuring that folks uh, don't have to make the tough choices that you described at the top, right, whether it's paying for medicine or um, being able to access food, um, you know, certainly understanding how health and health care costs can impact those trade-offs that folks have to make. And then certainly I think a lot in my role around chief, being chief equity officer about the role that systems of inequity and racism play mm-hmm. and how policies over the years have created the, the systems that we're engaged in today. And we'll dig more into that uh, throughout this conversation, Amy, but how did the numbers compare to the rest of the country? I'm curious. Well, uh, you know, tens of millions of folks were facing hunger before the pandemic. Uh, Today, we know there are 34 million people nationally that are food insecure, and that includes about 9 million children. So the numbers are still too large. Mm -hmm. So as we mentioned, inflation, that is continuing to worsen. Tell us what the last year has looked like from your perspective when it comes to meeting the hunger need. Well, it looks like a couple of different things, and Sophie will be able to talk more about this, too. I mean, we're certainly seeing increases at food pantries as economic recovery may be slow for some folks, or people may be working two and three jobs just to make ends meet. The numbers of folks who are showing up at food pantries and meal programs still continues to increase, and folks are really trying to stretch their household budget. At the same time, food banks and food pantries are also experiencing the challenges of food prices and supply chain shortages. And so it's really putting a squeeze on households and the supports that are in place to Mm -hmm. to assist. Sophie, tell us about what you're seeing here in Chicago. Well, we're seeing a lot of what Amy has described. Um, You know, we saw the need for food assistance jump really dramatically in the first months of COVID. And then as the country uh, got back to work and got a little bit back to normal, food insecurity went down. Um, What we're hearing anecdotally from our pantries now is that because of food inflation, demand at pantries is essentially approaching what it was in those crisis days um, when the whole country shut down. So that gives you a sense of we came through this pandemic crisis, and now we're going through a food inflation crisis that's really straining um, our communities, our families, and frankly, the the emergency food system that is supporting them. How are the pantries handling that? 
Well, we are fortunate to be able to um, respond to this increase in demand, and I will say an increase in demand that is coupled with higher operating costs. You know, our our families are paying more for food and their budgets are stretched, and so they're turning to food pantries. Our emergency food system is also paying more for food. In fact, we're spending twice as much on food at the Greater Chicago Food Depository as we were two years ago. Wow. Um, that double-digit inflation is, is hurting not just families in our community, but the organizations that are trying to serve them. We are blessed in Chicago to have a really strong network of supporters. Um, we've been able to step up and, and respond to that need and working in partnership with our communities. But it's it's really challenging. Yeah, I can only imagine. And, and here I go throwing another wrench in here, Sophie. We're heading into the colder months, right? So, so do Chicago winters exacerbate the issue? Well, food insecurity is something we see year-round, and there's different challenges in different parts of the year. For example, we just came out of the summer when children are out of school. They lack access to meals that they might get during the school day. That has a real impact on child hunger during the summer, for example. In the winter, there's other challenges. Um, Families, particularly in cold places like Chicago, they're paying more for utilities. We have seen not just the cost of food skyrocket in the last year, but the cost of gas and and different um, fuels and, and utilities. And so that absolutely increase the risk of hunger. If you're spending more on other household necessities, mm-hmm. that's shrinking the budget that you have available to spend on food for your family. Now let's hit on something that Amy alluded to earlier. We, you know, we talk about food deserts on this show, right? Disinvestment as well in, in some neighborhoods in Chicago specifically. So tell us how this plays out among black and brown communities here. Well, you know, Food insecurity has disproportionately impacted um, BIPOC communities before COVID and certainly during COVID that exacerbated. Amy mentioned, um, you know, root causes like poverty, systemic inequity, structural racism. These are all factors that are impacting food insecurity in our, our community. And so hunger looks really different from one part of Chicago to the next in terms of the um resources that are available, whether that's a supermarket or a pantry. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are really taking steps through our um, community partnerships, through our policy and advocacy work to try to address that inequity. And, and really, as we're responding to this increased need, also being mindful of how we build a stronger food system uh, for tomorrow. Amy, what can you add to the um, inequity concern here? Yes. I mean, I I think what Sophie just talked about is really important. When I I look nationally, we see that uh, communities of color experience food insecurity at rates that are two to three times more likely than their white counterparts. And so um, we know this. And so we're doing something about it. Partners like Greater Chicago Food Depository are doing something about that. And at a national level, we're doing a couple of things. One of the the, uh, great initiatives that Um, we are getting support around is our Food Security Equity Impact Fund, which is helping to support 25 communities across the country and really bringing in the voices of community partners. We believe that when we elevate the voices of people with lived experience of hunger and their community partners, that we can identify ways that are um, 
alternative to the systems that are in place, mm-hmm. ways that uh, engage folks in the community. And so um, we're also uh, engaging people through uh, my podcast, Elevating Voices, Ending Hunger. Yes. Again, really bringing on folks who are disrupt- disrupting systems of inequity in this country. Tell us more about the podcast, Amy. Yeah, so we're in season two of the podcast and have the opportunity to talk to folks all across the country who are grassroots leaders, who are policymakers, um, really talking about their work and how they're engaging to shift systems. And uh, it's been a, a real exciting opportunity in particular to focus around leaders of color and to lift up their voices about what matters most to them yeah. in addressing the root causes of food insecurity. Sophie, Chicago and and many other major cities, we've seen migrants arrive in recent months, right? Is is Feeding America involved in supporting this crisis? The Greater Chicago Food Depository certainly is here in Chicago. Um, We have seen a number of new Americans arriving in, in the last few weeks. We are collaborating with our community partners, with city and state officials to ensure that they all have access to the food that they need as they transition here. You know, we believe strongly that everyone should access, should have access to food regardless of their country of origin, their immigration status. We are proud to be partners with our community and welcoming and supporting those new families. Amy? Yeah, I mean, Feeding America Network serves all 50 states and we reach into all counties. We are part of the community. So, Our food banks are there to um, support new Americans who are coming in, as well as all Americans who really are seeking support around getting access to food. Mm -hmm. In recent years, Sophie, we've checked in here at WBEZ with the Greater Chicago Food Depository and other food pantries about the issue of hunger, Uh, pandemics, inflation, job loss, and more, right? So since then, though, the pandemic, as you mentioned, it has eased up, uh, but there's still that fear of inflation everywhere. So how has the food depository been affected throughout the year? Tell us a bit more. Well, as I mentioned, we're continuing to see really elevated demand um, as well as increased operating costs. Um, We remain in sort of a crisis mode serving our community, but we are fortunate that with the support that we've received from our, our supporters, we have an opportunity to really make some transformational investments in our uh, local food system. You know, since the spring of 2020, we've invested $14 million in our local network. We've really prioritized BIPOC-led organizations that are serving those communities that we've talked about, enduring structural racism and, and disinvestment. We want to focus not just on responding to that elevated, unprecedented need today, but strengthening the emergency food system and the communities that we serve so that we have a stronger and more equitable food system going forward. Just to give you a sense of what that looks like, we have identified, you know, there were certain communities that needed additional free food distribution. Mm -hmm. We've had an opportunity to partner with organizations that have longstanding roots in those communities to create new spaces that are by and for the community to get the food distribution that is needed. I'm talking about Ponda Vida and Little Village or the Free Indeed Food Pantry in Dalton. We're also giving grants to some of our longstanding partners to help them transform their spaces and their services to better serve their communities. Yeah. That could look like vehicles for home delivery, um, increasing their capacity for food rescue. So 
it is a really challenging time that we're in right now, but we are grateful to be able to be strengthening mm-hmm. um, this network of, of food providers here in Chicago. And uh, Kate Mayer, who's the executive director and CEO of the Greater Chicago Food Depository, uh, she talked to us back in January about some of those initiatives that you just spoke about, Sophie. And, and she also talked about an urgency with uh, training warehouse logistics and transportation experts um, that was highlighted by the pandemic. How is the food depository preparing for the upcoming winter specifically? Well, you know, we're constantly looking and reviewing at our practices to see how we can optimize our service, be better partners. You know, sometimes it's something as simple as the trucks that we're driving you know, might not fit down the alley behind one of our food partners. And so what do we need to do? Is there a ramp in place? And so by continually looking at our service, working with our partners to say, how can we do this better? We are able to optimize uh, the way that we're getting food out into the community. I want to also mention, you know, part of this focus that we have on equity is not just how we're showing up in community, but how we're operating. And so we've made a commitment to purchasing food, goods, services locally and from minority-owned businesses wherever possible. Mm -hmm. I want to highlight something I'm not sure if you've heard about. So we have a great, exciting partnership with Growing Home in Inglewood to purchase produce that they have grown and distribute to a nearby food pantry operated by the Salvation Army. It's an investment in community for community, looking not just at how to get um, healthy food distributed out to the clients that we serve, but how can we invest in the community partners and businesses that are part of that community as well and and helping them thrive? Yeah, sounds great. For folks listening right now, Amy, who want to get involved with uh, Feeding America's Thanksgiving and and further initiatives, what do you advise they do? Sure. I always tell people, go to feedingamerica.org. Um, again, you know, whether it's the community that we live in here in Chicagoland or a community that you care about or came from, you can put in your zip code. And there are ways to contribute both your time, your talent, and your treasure. All are needed because this is a, a partnership that we've got to um, continue to strengthen in order to end hunger in this country. So feedingamerica.org. And Sophie, how can people become involved with the food depository? I echo exactly what Amy has said. We are always looking for volunteers, um, for advocates to lift their voice in in policy change, um, donations. If you visit chicagosfoodbank.org, you can find out different ways to get involved. And as Amy said, time, talent, and treasure, we will be grateful for them all. That was Amy McReynolds of Feeding America and Sophie Milam of the Greater Chicago Food Depository. Thank you both. Thank you. Bye-bye.